World Wide Web is easier to say than www. World Wide Web. It's considerably easier to say. Wow. Remember when people, remember when websites began and you had to say, you can get me at yeah. www. What's HTTP stand for? Hypertext Transfer Protocol. Thank you, Mr. Mm. Tim Berners-Lee, for inventing that protocol for me. That's a little rhyme I made up to help thank Sir Tim Berners-Lee for helping create the internet. I say HRT. That reminds me of the, like, deficit rag on Simpsons. <laughs> I say H and a T and a T and a P. Thanks for creating the internet for me, Tim Berners-Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Kids, that's how you can remember who invented the World Wide Web. Mr. Tim Burnley. John, yeah, I'll do a little intro. I could just do a little g'day, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. We're right up to episode na 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 nineteen, na 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 nineteen. Do do my god, do do eve of the eve of twenty episodes, the eve of twenty episodes. Can you believe it? I've just um, I've just thought of a Paul Hardcastle song, which is called Nineteen, that I really like. So I'm gonna. Oh. I'm going to do a little bit of the the stuttery nineteen sample bit for this episode. Uh, so all I have to say is no, 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 19, 19. Not red gum? No. Oh, yeah. We, I can do both. We can do 19. And you know what? Just what's funny is they're both about the Vietnam War and they're both about oh. k- kids. Yeah. 19-year-old boys. 19-year-old boys getting sent off to war. So we want to dedicate episode 19. <laughs> this yeah. is going to be our Vietnam War episode. My dad's going to be very happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> Righty, right. Righty, right. Okay. <laughs> so I thought I'd kick off episode number 19 with one of Dutchie's hot tips. Um, <laughs> Please. So my hot tip for this week I encountered because I was experiencing a stuck door lock. Mm. So I came home on Saturday night and it was kind of late and I wanted to get into my apartment and I noticed yeah. that the key was not turning very well at all. And right. it wasn't panic stations because it had been going in fairly okay up to that point. But uh, and after maybe 30 seconds of jiggling, it was fine. But then the next day, yeah. the same thing happened. And I started thinking, I cannot afford to get locked out of my apartment now. I checked the key. Mm. The key was straight. It wasn't a key problem. Stuck lock. Jump on internet. Go to YouTube. I'm thinking I'm going to have to get that WD-40, have to go to the hardware store, whatever the solution to this is going to be. I'm going to have to go somewhere and spend some money. It's going to cost me time. It's going to cost me money. A bunch of videos come up on YouTube. I check them all out. I check how many likes they have. This is what you want to do when you're doing home improvement DIY. That's how you assess credibility. Yeah. If you're looking up hacks, check the likes because some people just spout bullshit. If it's got like a million dislikes... Don't be, Mm. if it says, you know, if it says feed an entire stick of butter in there and you're thinking that sounds about right, but it's got a lot of dislikes, (laughs) don't do it. So one of the videos was just a woman that said, unstick your door lock with a pencil. I was like, oh, what? I got a pencil. And sure enough, 
graphite is a dry lubricant. So all you do oh. is you just take an HB pencil and you just rub that pencil on the key for 10 seconds, get a little bit of graphite on there, oh. and then you pop it in and out yeah. and give it a twisty turn, and Bob's your uncle, mm. and my lock is what fixed. Is, why does that work? That's I don't understand what... What a stuck lock is. What's happening there? Oh, uh, the it's the mechanisms all getting jammed, and like the, there's lots of mm. there's bits of metal that have to rub against each other. And if there's no there's no lubricant between them, then you're going to get what's yeah. called friction, and you're going to say, yeah. "There's a fraction too much friction." And what you're going to need to do <laughs> after that is get an HB pencil, and I can only yeah. assume that HB pencil is going to be perfect for. All of your personal lubrication needs from here on out. So, I don't know, if you're feeling a bit amorous mm. and you don't have the right yeah. materials on hand, just pop open the old high school pencil case and get a bunch <laughs> of shavings and you're going to be yeah. on your way to love town. Just just grind some lead pencil on your Johnny and off yeah. you go. There you go. <laughs> just, you're going to be guad to gua. And I love you. It's so satisfying when you do something like that. That's been yourself. Dutchie's hot. To, yeah, it is, isn't it? When you avoid delegating, which is exactly. a rare treat for me. I uh, fixed a. Uh, I had a DJ mixer that I completely refurbished um, mm-hmm. a few years ago. It had the sliders, and I wanted to change the sliders to knobs. I wanted to change yeah. the sliders to rotary, and I bought a kit off a man in Athens, and he sent me a bag of bits. And then I had to bloody learn to weld. Uh, those sound like lyrics. I bought a kid off a man in Athens. <laughs> and he sent me a bag of bits. Bought like James Taylor or something. Man in Athens. <laughs> Postman arrived with a bag of bits. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to learn nice. how to, then I had to learn how to weld, which was pretty no no, sorry, not weld. <laughs> Solder. Yeah, I was thinking, <laughs> fucking hell. That's, you're more resourceful than I realised. I had to solder. Welding. I had to solder, and it took me ages, and I burnt myself up pretty bad, but it worked <laughs> in the end. So you lost. You blow your overheads in hospital bills. <laughs> yeah. So that's been another one of Dutchie's Hot Tips. I love them. I love those. Keep them coming. Yeah, I mean, I'm so far we've had dissolving because... human flesh in the drain, <laughs> and now, and now breaking it out of break and enter. Well, yeah, because um, because I'm such a tight ass, uh, there's going to be a lot of these because I refuse to spend money on repairs. Like I've, yeah, I've tried. I try every time to fix my mobile phone, and because they're designed yeah. for you not to be able to fix them, I've only ever <laughs> I think it succeeded. Once out of maybe five attempts, I managed to fix it. Have you ever sent an Apple iPhone into, uh, like, use the correct channels, you know, taking it into the shop? No, because I would just try and do it myself. It's unbelievable to me that, I mean, it's just one of the many features of Apple, which I just find kind of galling, that they're like, yeah, you know, we're not going to let you fix it anywhere else. Take it in and... You might be sitting in a fucking shopping mall in the outer suburbs for five hours. I was, I went down there. I only did this once and never again to get my screen fixed because I'd heard, I'd heard that, you know, if you get it fixed from somewhere else, then it screws up your insurance and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, and it was in like North Point Shopping Center, which is ages away in the suburbs of Melbourne. 
and I went out there and had like this kind of weird, it reminded me of kind of being pre-drinking age, you know, and hanging out with friends and just, except I wasn't even hanging out with friends. I was just by myself one doing sort of slow laps of this mall while somebody, you know, like first of all, you have to, you can't make an appointment in advance or at least you couldn't for this one. And then you go and then you explain what the problem is and the, then they sort of tell you to come back so they'll fix it later and then they've got to actually allow time to fix it. But you can't go home. So, so well, you, I couldn't go home because I was nowhere near where I lived. So I just was like wandering around this mall and I went and saw this. I went to the cinema at the mall and uh, it was like a weekday and, and I just watched some random World War II movie about Spitfires and nobody else was in the cinema. But I just, I was just like trying to find shit to do to fill my day. Uh, and I thought, how is this your model? It's amazing that you're the dominant supplier of iPhones, of smartphones. And a right to repair. This is the, this is the, it's going through Congress at the moment, I believe. There's a, oh. there's a massive right to repair movement because over the last 30 years, com- companies have been moving more and more towards uh, this model where they're trying to prevent their customers from being able to repair their devices. And this involves, mm. this involves things like not selling, having, having contracts with um, suppliers and those contracts stipulate yeah. that the suppliers aren't allowed to sell those parts to anyone except that oh. company. So Apple is a major, wow. Apple's a major culprit of this. They're like, they're like, yeah. yeah, we need, we need you to make this and this and this for our phone, these parts. And one of the parts yeah. might be worth like a dollar, but if it fucks up yeah. in your phone, your phone won't work. But you could, in theory, yeah. buy it for a dollar and get it fixed. But they yeah, won't. Yeah, yeah. But they won't allow the company that's manufactured it to sell it. So they control mm. it, and they'll charge you a lot more than a dollar to get it fixed. Mm. So kind of a facet of fucking racket planned obsolescence. It's a exactly, racket. Is it? It's a fracket. It is a racket, but it's a facet of sort of planned obsolescence, isn't yeah. it? I guess. Yeah. Is exactly. that what you call it? Yep. Correct. Yeah. Planned obsolescence. Mm, it's a good, good name for a podcast, actually. We should have thought of that. Start selling merch. Vapes. We've got DPTM vapes. <laughs> um, we could sell, like, your idea before was to sell T-shirts that say Splag, and we have it, yeah, and I said we should have it in right. green slime. Hot Splag in green slime letters. Yeah, write in. Tell us what you think. You know, what do you want to see? What would you spend your whole your hard-earned cash on? Uh, do you want to give money to a Patreon account? Do any of you enjoy financial humiliation as a kink and want to and want to send Al and I money or incur large debts to us perhaps just quick mate I don't can you just quickly explain what financial humiliation is because it's one of my yeah sure I think it's actually a very common phenomenon for uh women in particular who have like any kind of substantial following on Instagram um I know of some people who've had uh, who do have such a following and they've had 
and, and and there's nothing remotely sexualized about their social media presence, but they still get uh, kind of messages, entreaties from strange strangers, from strange men who say things like, can I just, you know, can I um, send you $1,000 a week or, you know, can I send you my credit card and then you can just kind of go nuts with my credit card or or whatever. And then, and then I think it's like, I think it is kind of, they just find it titillating the sort of debasement of sacrificing their money to somebody else who doesn't kind of have any time for them. And also I think there's the kind of frisson of financial ruin or possibly getting caught by their significant others if they, they look at their credit card statement and say, what was this hashtag DPTM? You've given it $15,000. <laughs> oh, man, that has... Just says, <clears throat> it says item description, hot splurg, uh, $15,000 on the... 25th of June. What's that about? I feel like that could be the model. So mm. I feel like maybe Patreon doesn't suit us, but if yeah. any, if anyone wants to be financially <laughs> humiliated by me or John, we'll gladly <laughs> take your credit card. Or if you want to just send us a bunch of money and have us tell yeah. you that you're a worthless pig. Hey, look, I'm used I'll to, do um, I'll do it for free. Mate. Yeah. Just saying, give me more money. You piece of shit you can just enjoy that whatever you're into i'm used to um to kind of financial self-harm like sometimes i'll look at my credit card statement and be like you fucking idiot um but that's that's a different kind of titillation you've bought more Um, bought more vintage comic book figurines (laughs) yeah exactly that reminds me of a quick story that i want to tell actually which is one of my which is one of my favorite things that you ever said which i've told this story to a lot of people which is how we went into the comic book <laughs> store in Rundle Mall, and <laughs> and and we were looking around, and of course, there's really expensive Batman figures mm. and Spider Man figures, you know, and you know they're in the hundreds of dollars, these giant things, and you yeah. you kept picking them up, and so you said you said I'm just gonna ask the clerk. you said I'm gonna say to the clerk. Excuse me, clerk. There must, there must be some kind of mistake. This this children's toy is five hundred dollars, and, <laughs> and, and just and then just have everybody in the store sort of awkwardly look over at you and just go, "What, Alex? What's going on here? This store's <laughs> this store's full of children's stuff. What what child is what child is receiving a toy for a thousand dollars? Why? This is the most expensive." toy store for children that i've ever been in <laughs> just yeah. and just like sort of there's just some some uh man next to you um that you just sort of tap on that some some man in a kind of metal t-shirt and you he's holding a 500 dollar <laughs> a box of like 500 dollar captain america doll and you just go why aren't you a generous father buying that Captain America? <laughs> Why your son must be a very lucky boy. <laughs> what about the Olympics? Tell me, 
your opinion about the Tokyo Olympics, Ideally, please. Ideally, it's on my list as well. Tell you what interests me about it, what I always think about whenever there's a serious sporting competition, is the kind of, um, at least in Australia, which of course is a kind of sports-obsessed backwater, but um, uh, people, because they're so kind of sports-obsessed and because the Olympics is this kind of vaulted pinnacle of everything sports, you, you're not allowed to, as an athlete, be remotely kind of laid back or casual about your interest in the sport. The chances are you probably wouldn't have gotten to those heights if you were, but I always think like, you know, you think you look at people like Nick Kyrgios who has these inflammatory press conferences where he just says stuff like, I just didn't. Nick Kyrgios, the tennis player. Yeah, thank you. He says things like, um, I don't I didn't really give a shit today. I just wasn't really into it. You know, it's just tennis, whatever. And the press just goes berserk because that's just kind of so far outside the acceptable narrative to just be like, well, this is just sport and everyone needs to chill out. Uh, which of course is true. And um right now there's a gymnast, a US gymnast who's um I saw that, yeah. Who, yeah, has made some sort of tactical error in the finals or in the heats and then has said, I'm not going on anymore. And everyone's going, oh, that was the worst mistake of her career. And then some people are saying, no, she is, she's a hero and she's showing a sense of maturity by knowing her limits. And nobody's saying, who the fuck cares? You know, like it's just, it's just a pole vault. She can give up if she wants. It doesn't matter. We're just... Go on, watch the other people doing it. It's just Jim. Um, and it makes me think back to as some of our listeners may know, I used to myself, hard as it may be to believe, looking at my corpulent frame these days, be a very serious competitive swimmer. And I think back to being, I must have been 16 or 17, and it was a pretty big deal at the time, having kind of, lived in Adelaide for a number of years, not really been overseas very much since I was very little. And then, you know, at a young age I was going, I went to Thailand, I went to Germany, I went to England on these competitions. It was all very exciting. But, you know, there was a fair bit of pressure associated with it as well. And you'd get kind of your coach laying into you about uh, not being at your best or, I don't know, your, your turn being subpar or your you know, your right arm dragging a bit or whatever. And now I look back and I think, who were those adults putting immense pressure on me, a child, <laughs> to be good at swimming? And what was driving that curious worldview? Because I just think, I just think, I don't know, I'm th- I'm 38 now and I could not muster the, if somebody said, you know, why should I try hard? I wouldn't be able to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> you could you couldn't be down at poolside just screaming at some other young boy about his swimming. Yeah, yeah. And they're basically just they're the same people who go to little league games and scream at the kids. Except they've gotten a job doing that, so it's sort of acceptable. And I find it bizarre. Hey, I mean, add to that the fact that we're all just disabled athletes. <laughs> so there wasn't there wasn't even a. I mean, nobody was getting a fucking. Reebok sponsorship out of it. So (laughs) we weren't playing for sheep stations, as they say.
I also have. I thought. Mm. I thought we could end today's episode with yeah something that everybody can do with an internet connection when they're feeling down and they want a little pick me up. It's kind of another Dutchie's hot tips. Uh, yeah, but pop onto YouTube and just put in Brian Adams Heaven Wembley 1996. And uh, uh. what that's going to be is it's going to be Brian Adams at the height of his fame looking sensational yeah. with an absolutely packed Wembley Stadium. He's going to be wearing those leather pants. He's going to be wearing mm-hmm. that green T-shirt. He's going to have that floppy 90s hair. That's how you know you got the right video. And you just sit back and let the beautiful voice of Brian Adams, his absolutely mentally good, his absolutely killer voice, stadium is packed, light is in the air. I didn't care for that song much when I was growing up, but it has become one of my my favorite songs. Can you give me a bit, a little... Lick from the song just to... Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I could give you a first verse. Let me see. I wonder, yep. I wonder how my, what, if I'm going to get the right key here. So first verse goes, Oh, thinking about our younger years. Mm, yeah, of course. There was only you and me. We were young and wild and free. Oh, it's much higher than I can do. But, um... Baby, you're all that I need. That's the one... Baby, you're all that I want when you're lying here in my arms. And the thing you're going to notice, and I don't want to get too old manny about things here, but the thing you're going to (laughs) notice is there are no fucking mobile phones in the audience. Everyone's just not having an experience. A single fucking one. Everybody is just together. Everybody knows the words. I think he he lets the audience. That's right. He lets the audience sing the first verse, which is again. I love mm. those moments. I've seen there's a there's a bit of Beyonce doing that at Glastonbury, oh. where she lets the audience sing uh, the first verse, um, which I always just think is really powerful. So yeah, the all the audience go. Oh, thinking about our younger years, and everyone's just waving their hands and they're waving their lighters, and nobody's. Fucking looking through that poisonous rectangle, trying <laughs> for making one million Instagram stories that nobody yeah. gives a fuck about. They're just there <laughs> with their friends and family, having a good time in that moment. And maybe later in their life, they'll tell people at the pub that they had a good time at the concert. Yeah. And they'll just remember it and in their mind's eye. In their mind's eye. And mm. I watch that video all the time, actually. He's such an amazing performer, Brian Adams. Like, mm. killer voice, killer, mm. like, singer-songwriter. He's that full package. He's that. He's a Canadian superhero, if you ask Triple me. Triple threat. So I, I've actually found, like, I say this stuff, and I never, ex- I never expect people to do it, but I've been hearing in emails and messages from people that some of the suggestions that we've been making, people actually do. People went and watched True Lies. Oh. People checked out the Goonies again. People uh, have listened. Uh, a friend Adriana said that she checked out that This Is Pop on Netflix after it was recommended. So, guys, what I'm saying is check out Heaven Live by Brian Adams on YouTube and then send us an email at 
don'tpraise at aol.com and just tell us how beautiful it was to watch a concert without any fucking mobile phones. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think this is where the podcast is maybe headed is I can imagine us doing a stadium show Yeah, and I can imagine us doing a stadium show and the audience saying, have you got any hot splugs? Ah, singing it back to us. Time. It's time for apologies and corrections. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Dutchie's hot tips. Do, do Dutchie's hot. They'll be chanting. Dutchie's hot tips. Dutchie's hot tips. <laughs> Wembley Stadium full. Yeah. We'll get Ira Glass as a supporting act. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Don't Praise the Machine. Don't Praise the Machine, episode number 19. Thanks for being with us, everyone, on this on this long and winding road. We've got, we got 20 coming up next week. If you are enjoying the podcast, the best way you can support it right now is by suggesting it to a friend or a relative. And you say, we still don't have, uh. we still don't have a ele- good elevator pitch. That's the... Absolute number one <laughs> thing like, that we need to come up with. Yeah. Actually, maybe we just level with our audience. Give us, tell us what you think the podcast is about, please, because we don't know. An elevator pitch. Does it need, yeah, well, I guess that's the threshold question. Tell us if you think we need a topic or if you like the kind of postmodern freewheeling style. And regardless of that, tell us. If you've recommended it to a friend or a parent or a godparent or a colleague or uh, a passerby, what did you say to them? How did you describe it? And because uh, we need that. We need a fresh pair of eyes because, you know, we're just being ourselves here. Yeah. It's hard to define. Otherwise, we'll have to get a marketing team. We'll have to pay a marketing yeah. team uh, to to do it yeah. for us. Please don't make us get soulless marketers in. <laughs> to, to retool <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> Email us at don't praise one word at a o l dot com. <laughs> <laughs>